Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon and welcome, America, to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, here we are, getting ready for another, who knows what ha- uh, they have in store for us, um, coming up, week and, oh boy, who knows, we'll have to see. But let's start off with, I don't know, this is really odd. The attack on Elon Musk has to be about as big a giveaway about how absolutely phony this entire, I don't know the right way to describe it, left-wing, liberal, socialist, communist, screwball, wacky, unrealistic, silly people are. I mean, there was nothing wrong with Musk up until a while ago. He was ingenious, richest man in America, did what America couldn't do anymore, <laughs> went out of space. Uh, the uh, the car was the savior of the of the uh, climate change fanatics and hysteria people. It was going to change everything. The climate change fanatics are fanatics and hysterics because they don't realize that if we go to electric cars, we're actually going to use more carbon. But don't tell them that. I mean, if you tell them that, who knows what they'll come up with next. Maybe we're going to have to live without oil, gas, and fossil fuels completely for five years and see how many people die and who's left. That might be the next solution. But Musk now is, uh, they're going to put him under investigation which is what they do with all uh, enemies of Biden. And, and, we're, and we're not a dictatorial state when we have a criminal justice system that's been completely politicized. You can't look at our criminal justice system and not say it isn't politicized. You, you'd have to be a fool to think that uh, anybody else would get away with Hunter Biden or the Pelosi's get away with in trading stock or or Hillary Clinton got away with with destroying emails, or I mean, who knows what else they're doing? I mean, the Democrats have been stealing since Obama left, right, and and I'll give you another example. You just tell me, just let's let's play logic. This is something Democrats don't do, because logic uh, results in the fact that there's something wrong with us having voted for them. So, New York State or New York City has eight million people. Florida has uh, 20 million people. New York uh, State has a budget larger than the state of Florida. More money. Florida is about 98 billion in New York State now under Adams cutting <laughs> cutting the budget. Because you see what when Democrats say cutting the budget, now you have to learn how to interpret that. That means they increased the budget. So he cut the budget. So the budget that was $96 billion is now $108 billion. But that's cutting the budget. I know, I know, I know. You just got to get used to this. You got you to get used to this. Like if, like if you went to a real school and got educated, not one run by the teachers' union, I know you, you would find this hard to deal with because you're an intelligent, well-educated person. But if you've been brainwashed, you actually believe this crap. So here we are. We've got a city that's spending more money than a state, and it has 12 million less people. And then we have a state that's smaller than Florida, 
that's also spending more money than Florida. So New York State under Hokel, Pokel, Skokel, Dopey spends what, ten, five million more, ten million more, hmm. Bill, billion. Who knows? We just spend more than Florida. And you, you've been to Florida. You notice a material difference. I mean, if if this spending really led to anything meaningful and useful and not uh, corruptly wasted, New York should be made of gold in comparison. Every road should be gold. I mean, Trump would love it. There'd be gold all on every road. So please just use your common sense. What happens? Why does that happen? I'm going to tell you, based on my credentials as a prosecutor, New York is a, an entirely up, down, and in the middle, crooked, corrupt state. Kickbacks, inflated pricing, overbilling, then kickback on the overbilling. It's just the way it was when I prosecuted it back in the 80s. We got a little time off during my administration and Bloomberg's. But the minute de Blasio came back and Mrs. de Blasio got to keep hundreds of millions without anybody having any accountability, it's all over. And you look at Adams. Uh, we're we're going to give Adams a little more time. But you want a prediction? You can see what he's doing, huh? You can't see the sleazy things he's doing. This is like uh, Tammany Hall kind of garbage. He does garbage stuff, too. He doesn't even do big stuff because he's a small-timer. And Hoka, Hoka's in it for the for the stadium. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. People die as a result of this corruption in government. But that's New York uh, for you. That 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 uh, that that's what it is. And uh, Musk is now the enemy because he wants free speech. He doesn't, he doesn't agree that the Democrats get to determine what the truth is and therefore get to denominate it as disinformation. And here's a very simple example. For the longest time, it was disinformation to say that the Hunter Biden hard drive was accurate. It was a disinformation to say that the Hunter Biden hard drive contained 30 years of crimes, bribes to uh, Joe Biden. That was disinformation and Russian information. Turned out that that was totally untrue, totally false, part of a conspiracy to falsely elect a president under false pretenses, part of a conspiracy to rig our election in a way that was much, much worse than any of the suggestions of Russian collusion or anybody else's collusion. It was collusion on the part of the sitting officials, Obama, Biden, Hillary, 51 intelligence officers, most of whom have spent their careers misleading the United States into the wrong wars at the wrong time, conducted in the wrong way, maybe because their eye was on money too much and on lying and kissing up. And no one has held them accountable for their vicious, horrible lies during the 2020 election. So... That's where that's where we are. And now Musk is a bad guy because he says 
Well, I'm sorry. The Democrats don't get to define anything they don't agree with and anything that might expose them to criminal prosecution for the numerous massive crimes they've committed. They don't get to uh, censor people based on that. And for that, he's going to be under investigation. Thank God he's got a lot of money. He can afford it because, boy, I've been under investigation now for three or four years and it costs a fortune. It costs a fortune. And, you know, I was under investigation for three years. They took my iCloud. They raided my apartment. They raided my – and then they gave it all back to me and said, sorry. We couldn't – we tried hard to make a crime against you. We even tried to get a couple of people to lie, but then somebody contradicted them. and We couldn't do anything with it. Like, like the most famous head of that office in 60, 50, 70 years – the most productive head of that office in history is going to become a criminal. You can't see through the fact that you've become so politically biased that you're unable to assess the truth any longer, that that your Trump derangement syndrome leads you to doing criminal things. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. I don't know. Well, I got to check in on Chicago. This is uh, the weekend report for This is the weekend report for Chicago. Uh, Weekend report for Chicago. Uh, Chicago counts murders much, much faster than votes. Uh, So this weekend, there were six murders and 31 shootings in Chicago. As compared to Halloween, where there were 32 shootings and five murders. So it looks like the murderers got a teeny bit more accurate. But look at that. Isn't that absurd? Isn't that absurd? Now, if I told you that's been going on for about 50 years and they keep electing the same crooked Democrat Party who does the same crooked thing about it, nothing. Do you think the fact that it affects mostly African-Americans and black people is the reason why they do nothing about it? You think if those numbers for years were white people, they might do something about it? And you want to tell me the Democrat Party's not racist? You want to tell me that the many of the blacks who represent their own people aren't racist? Because they don't fight for their people. They fight to be rich for themselves. Is it unusual that many of them have husbands and wives to become millionaires? Look at Maxine Waters. Her district gets worse. And worse and worse, more and more black young men in particular die in her district. Her husband has become very rich. Charlie Rangel, when he was in Harlem, Harlem got worse and worse and worse. More and more black people died. Charlie Rangel had no impact on that. Charlie Rangel became a multimillionaire. And then it all changed. When a Republican came in and he reduced murder in Harlem by 80%. Like it couldn't be done, it couldn't have been done earlier if they just had an honest person. The Democrat Party is the worst thing that ever happened to the minorities, starting with embracing slavery. It's the party of slavery. It's the party that was dedicated to slavery. 
It's the party that fought a war and killed hundreds of thousands of people in the name of keeping people slaves. And then after the war was over, it still didn't learn its lesson. And for 150 years, 130 years, it supported racism. It was the major, uh, the major ingredient in the uh, Ku Klux Klan, much in the same way it's the major ingredient in Black Lives Matter and Antifa today. And why that name is allowed in this era of political correctness, I have no idea. It's the most politically incorrect name of all the names that have been changed because it's the one most closely associated with hundreds of years of slavery. Let's see if they change the name. Or maybe we should say the next presidential candidate of the party is the presidential candidate of the party of slavery. Well, we'll be back, and we're going to talk about Iran. We're going to talk about Bragg. Oh, we got lots of stuff to talk about, and we're going to get to your questions. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. It's the Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome back. I want you to see that they, you know, the Democrats supported very, very openly and very strongly in 2020 the defunding of the police. They even uh, printed signs and carried signs. The so-called moderate Democrats either agreed with it or said nothing, like they often say nothing, when uh, vicious anti-Semitic cants are done by AOC or uh, uh, Tlaib or any of the other uh, uh, anti-American group made up of, what do they call themselves, the Klang or whatever, whatever they are, whatever their their silly name is. Uh, So... I I would like I'd like to I'd like to know I just simply like to know that the Democrats really don't believe in defunding the police. So I want you to listen to Chris Murphy, the fairly useless senator from Connecticut, not the one who told lies, but the, just the one that's basically useless. The one who told lies about Vietnam that he fought in Vietnam is still a senator, and he just got reelected for some strange reason. Um, but I guess a country that will elect a pathological liar like Biden can elect a guy just that lies about having been in action and having been in Vietnam. Well, let's go to Chris Murphy, who's the one. He's the, he's the Connecticut senator, senator who doesn't lie. He just says the following. I think the country's going to have to learn about what's going on in this country. The majority of counties in this country have declared that they are not going to enforce state and federal gun laws. They have decided that they are going to essentially refuse to implement laws that are on the books. Um, that is a growing problem in this country. And I think we're going to have to have a conversation about that in the United States Senate. Do we want to continue to supply funding to law enforcement in counties that refuse to implement state and federal gun laws? Red flag laws are wildly popular 
Right? You're just temporarily taking guns you, away from people that... Do you want to withhold money for law enforcement? I, I think we have to have a conversation about whether we can continue to fund uh, law enforcement in states where they are refusing to implement these gun laws. Okay, you got it? Right away, defund the police if they won't, if they won't uh, enforce the gun laws. But let's try a few things, idiot Chris. You guys don't enforce the immigration laws. In every major Democrat city in the country, you don't turn in illegal immigrants, even the ones that commit crimes. You do it generally. You do it with thousands. You may do it with millions of people. What, what the hell are we funding you for? I mean, you just violate the law 100%. And there's no constitutional objection you have to it. You just don't do it. In other words, you become lawbreakers. Now, what you're talking about with the gun laws is a constitutional objection to the overreach of the law, which I guess doesn't count in your dictatorial Democrat America. These states and cities, they enforce the gun laws, but there are laws that they believe are unconstitutional. They even enforce them, but raise objections to them. I enforced gun laws in New York that I thought were unconstitutional. Some of them have been declared unconstitutional since then. But there's a big, big difference between uh, having reservations about enforcing laws that are unconstitutional and then just saying, basically, we're not going to tell you who the illegal, illegal immigrants are here. We're not going to report them if they commit crimes. We're not going to report them if they have diseases. We're not going to report them under any circumstances. And you can go to hell, immigration service. Since we don't know who comes into the country, now nobody knows. I mean, four million people have come in under our totally incompetent president. More than any time in our history. Do you realize the records that this person in the White House is, is creating for us more murders in most cities in the United States, more overdose deaths than any other time in the history of the United States. I mean, we, we are talking about records where people are being eliminated and slaughtered because we have a president who doesn't know who he is. Well, we'll be back right after, and we'll continue with that thought, and we will get to your questions and then and the mayor's final thoughts. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, is Rudy Giuliani uh, calling? I mean, talking? I was just calling. I'm going to tell you the story. So I got a call in between uh, here, in between the the, the, the uh, little break we have, and it was the secretary of President Trump. And I said, oh, I'm on the air. I'll call him back later. And then I thought I should ask him if he wants to come on. So now I've placed a call back, and I said, hey, if you want to come on and talk, you can come on and talk. So let's see. Let's see if it gets through that labyrinth of you can't believe. I mean, when I was his lawyer, I knew how to go around them. I, I had a number where I could just get them. Poof. They used to go crazy when, when I did that. They all, that's why they all hate me in the White House, because I go around all of them. So we have on the line. Who do we have? All right, so we're going to we're going to um, just give you. A, I have to give you just a little breakdown because I do it every I do it every Monday of just a crime that took place just this 
a weekend in New York. Felony crimes are up in the subways by 40%. We got a newly released video of a guy stabbed in the back for his backpack. Uh... We've got uh, two arrested for we have a, uh, we have someone arrested in Midtown Manhattan for uh, stabbing uh, two people one very badly one not as bad another savage uh, uh, stabbing in the subway this is all within the last two days we have uh, we have a uh, Ravenhead a female uh, crime duo robbed a 38 year old woman on a Brooklyn platform she took the wallet the cash and the cards and they left her beaten up. I don't know. We could keep, we could keep going on and on. This is the crime that um, that they say this is Adams and, and Hochul that the Republicans are making up, and that are a figment of your imagination. It's just fear. Well, I have on the radio right now a very very special guest, not former President Trump, but Ali Reza, Jeff Sadardi, who is a uh, high ranking official and has been for many years in the major. Uh, dissident group that is seeking a free democratic uh, Iran. And as you know, the protests in Iran are continuing. They're becoming even more uh, intense. And then just recently, the niece of the Ayatollah has come out against him and the government and the discrimination. And I'm, I, I just want to check in with uh with Ali Reza, because today in the Post, and I highly recommend it, Madam Rajavi has written a brilliant uh, essay on what can be done in Iran. And uh, we know her really well, but all America should get to know her. And I think they'd feel much better if they got to know uh, Madam Rajavi about the future of Iran. Uh, Ali Reza, are you with me? Sure, uh, Mayor. Always great pleasure to be on your show. Thank you very much for having me on uh, today. Well, can you tell me, am I wrong? Am I overdoing it when I say that it seems extremely hopeful that you get someone in the family of the Ayatollah to turn on him? My goodness, that's that's major, isn't it? Well, that shows how bad the situation is when it comes to the Ayatollahs. They are in deep trouble, and they are in a quagmire um, that from which there is no... Uh, relief for them. Um, and what you see is that uh, on the one hand, there is a lot of um, uh, traction and, 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 and divisions among the, uh, uh, the senior uh, officials of the regime, um, even though they have tried to consolidate power in the hands of Raisi, Ebrahim Raisi, the mass murderer who is closest person to the supreme leader they have relied heavily on the Iranian revolutionary guards and they have gotten rid of anyone who had the slightest um, differences with them but because there is a population um, adamantly opposed to the regime you know a vast majority of the Iranian population uh, all over the country have been uh, protesting against the regime today is day 74 this is unprecedented, 74 days consecutively without even a single day of, 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 uh, you know, of calm. They have been protests against the regime in all 31 provinces, 
And in 270 cities across the country, people calling for regime change. So they're calling death to uh, Khamenei, death to the dictator, death to the oppressor, be it the Shah or the supreme leader. And they, they're calling freedom, freedom, freedom. Wow. I think what you're seeing today in Iran is actually a revolution in the making. I don't think we should call it protest or even uprising. No, I've seen that. This I, is a revolution in the making. I, I, I've seen that now developing. You know, we, we spoke about two, about 10 days ago about this, and you were the first to say that it should be called a revolution. But since then, I've picked up a number of uh, commentators that have been on uh, and some who have been more reluctant in the past to buy into it, who say, well, this looks like a revolution to us. This doesn't look like a protest. It's going on too long. They've taken too many casualties and not backed down. I mean, there have been a lot of people killed and a lot of people imprisoned, right? Absolutely. You know, 660 people have been killed based on our account. We have compiled the names of 528 of them, and 63 uh, out of 520 that we have identified are actually children as young as 8, 9, 10 years old, uh, but also very young people and, you know, people of all ages. And, and the, the fear is no longer there. I mean, the whole purpose of killing is to deter the population, frighten them so they wouldn't show up the next day. That is backfiring. You know, the more they kill, the more people show up, and they're, they're ready to sacrifice. The people of Iran really, not only they don't have anything else to lose, but they feel they do have a very bright uh, prospect for change. They feel that they have the ability and the power, even though the regime has all the guns and the, uh, uh, you know, the revolutionary guards, the besiege forces. Well, what the would happen? Forces. How? how yes. I mean, I, I, know, I know this is just hypothetical now, but if the regime were to fall, how would it happen? What's the most likely way in which it would happen? Um, well, I wish, you know, a velvet revolution uh, uh, could happen in Iran, that people just protest and, you know, sweep the regime out of the power. But knowing the nature of this regime and what they have done in the past, uh, you know, few decades, the past four decades, uh, there is going to be confrontations. You can see in the streets of Iran and you can see uh, glimpses of that, you know, that the younger generation are pushing back the revolutionary guards throwing whatever they have in their hands at them, whether it's a stone or just defending themselves. And the regime, by, by denying them any peaceful means, as they have done the past 74 days, they're increasingly forcing the population, especially the young generations, to uh, get uh, even more organized, even though these protests are, are going, uh, this, this revolution really is organized. Um, but they're, they're, they're forcing them to get more consolidated, working together, and just reaching to anything, any way that they can to defend themselves. Um, you know, the uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights actually recognizes the right to, uh, to have recourse as a last resort to rebellion against tyranny right. and oppression. And, and even the U.S. Declaration of Independence uh, says that it's the right of the people to alter or to abolish a government that is destructive to its citizens. So of course. that's like the, what's, what the people of, of Iran are looking for. And I think the world um, has to realize that, um, you know, they need to recognize that this is a revolution by a majority of the population from all strata of the society who don't want this regime, and there is a regime that recognizes none of that and wants to kill them, 
So they need to recognize the right to self-defense on the part of the Iranian people and just let them uh, settle their scores. There's no need for the U.S. to do the fighting or, or to give them arms or money or none right. of those things. Rather, to recognize their ability to bring about, uh, you know, bring about change in Iran instead of just continuously reaching out to the regime, negotiating with them, offering them concessions. Well, I wouldn't. I, 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 I don't want to put you in a difficult position, but it's pathetic the lack of support this administration has given to this. I mean, uh, had there been a, 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 a president that had more of a focus on the best interests of the United States and the, and the worst interests of the regime of terror and not an administration that has actually funded the regime of terror outrageously, uh, I think uh, this, this would be much further along. But uh, will it be necessary, though, to have military confrontation for this to happen? Because there it doesn't seem like it's a group that has the capacity for a military confrontation. Well, you know, the strategy for change is always dictated by the, by the ruling regime. You know, if the regime allows change through peaceful means, you will see change through peaceful means. Right. But this regime does not allow it. The, uh, you know, there is an organized resistance uh, going on in Iran. It didn't start 74 days ago. It didn't start with the uh, tragic murder of Mahsa Amini, uh, you know, 70-some 70, 70, uh, days ago. Rather, it started um, 40 plus years when, sure. and, and, um, and, you and, know, yes, and that resistance has been going on. There is an organized resistance. They have the experience of fighting this regime, and the regime has been trying to eliminate and destroy this movement. You know, the, the main um, organized opposition known as the Mujahideen al or the NEK, uh, they have um, the, the ability of you know, organizing and fighting this regime as they have done over the years. The regime tried to destroy them, to eliminate them. In summer of 1988, um, they massacred, the regime massacred as many as 30,000 political prisoners. Uh, a majority of them were MEK members with the hope of destroying them. Right. That didn't work out. And now you see, like, you know, the next generation, you know, those who were the brothers and sisters. But are they are they are they are they ready to respond if if um, they start getting uh, shot at in the streets and is there an ability Absolutely. to respond I, to that? I, I, well, I think what the very fact that they have maintained I know the continuity of this re- this resistance uh, over the past seventy four days is a clear indication that they have the ability to continue on you know forward. Uh, and, of course, we have to reduce the cost. I mean, if if we have a policy on the part of the uh, Western nations, whether it's the United States or Europe and others, who would come out and tell the Iranian regime, forget about any relief or negotiations or anything like that. We're going to hold you accountable yes. for any all the crimes yeah, you've that's done. A, that's, I mean, it, it's, it's, person it's disgraceful. Kill, pay the price for it. It's disgraceful that the United States of America is not 100 percent there. I know under Ronald Reagan, who I work for, or Donald Trump, uh, we would be 100 percent there uh, on the side of at least strong moral support. And then the kind of support that, that we're giving in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, let's face it. Our worst enemy is the regime uh, in Iran, uh, even as compared to China and Russia. They've recently killed more American troops than anyone. 
Uh, well, by far, Mayor, uh, you know, the Iran regime is the biggest threat to peace and, you know, and tranquility in the world. They're the world's leading state sponsor of terror for, for three decades, uh, rightly designated by the U.S. government and, and other countries but, but, in, but, in, in the Europe for developing nuclear weapons. The Obama, uh, the Obama-Biden administration, going back to the deal they made with them and then sent all that cash in the middle of the night to them, has a soft spot for them. They have a soft spot for terrorists. Yes, and uh, honestly speaking, whoever is in the White House, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is to deprive the regime from the relief they're looking for. Uh, You know, deprive them from getting the money and arms and, you know, resources that actually belong to the people. I'm going to have to to run now. We're going to be in touch. I'd really like to put you on in in a day or two more just to see if this continues, Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. Keep in touch with it. I know you do. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. I I think that was a chilling description of what's going on there. It's held back a little by the left-wing press because they're not exactly excited about Iran government being overthrown. I I mean, I understand understand uh, why they are favorable to China and and particularly China because China's communist. And then China, they may all make a lot of money with China, the Times and everybody else. And NBA basketball, and I mean, China has pretty much bought them, and they sure as hell has bought our, bought our president. But I don't understand this thing with Iran. I don't understand it. Iranians have killed many, many Americans. The Iranian regime of terror has killed many Americans over the last 10, 15 years. The Quds forces are responsible for the death of many young American men and some women. There are American families at home today who are home over Thanksgiving that didn't have their loved one because an Iranian operative killed them in Iraq and they were trained to kill Americans and they're focused on killing Jews. They're focused on killing Americans. That's what they're trained to do. And they've also killed more of their own people. I'm talking about the regime of terror, the Iranian regime of terror. They've killed more of their own people than any country other than China, than the CCP. So why we have a soft spot for them, why someday someone is going to explain why Obama, in the middle of the night, sent hundreds of millions in cash to a regime that could only be using that money to give it to terrorists. You do not give governments money in cash. You do it by wire. You give drug dealers, terrorists, and organized criminals money in cash. And why does he think, why did Obama think that the biggest sponsor of terrorism in the world wanted cash? Maybe to put in their offshore bank accounts like they do in Ukraine, which you knew all about. Maybe. But more likely than not, they wanted it to give it out to Hezbollah, Hamas, so that they could kill even more Jews and they could kill Americans. And for all this discussion of anti-Semitism and we're talking about language and parsing language, you want anti-Semitism? I'll give you anti-Semitism, hundreds of millions to Iran that wants to kill Jews and does. That's anti-Semitism. We're not interpreting language now. We're interpreting giving money to murder Jews. So cut out the nonsense about anti-Semitism. I know anti-Semitism. Of all you creeps who talk about it, I'm the only one who put Nazis in jail. It's one thing to get disputes about language. It's another thing to turn over hundreds of millions of dollars to a regime who teaches its people to kill Jews. Why any, why any 
Jewish person votes Democrat is astounding, astounding, given what they've done in the last 10 years and given that money to kill Jews. This is Rudy Giuliani, and I'll be back with the mayor's final words. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. It's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's final thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani. Yes, with the Tunnel to Towers. Mayor's final thoughts. Tunnel to Towers. T2T.org. Donate your $11 a month now during this holiday season so that we can make sure, and I'm sure it's going to get done, but that Frank can get all those homes to all of the catastrophically wounded warriors. Is it going to be at least one a day during the season of hope? You can't believe the joy that this brings, and oh, my goodness, you just have to experience it one time. You really do. Get your 11 bucks in, and you're going to feel better. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel better. If you already put in 11 bucks, put in 11 and make it 22, okay? So, I'm thinking about this game tomorrow now that we just spoke to Ali Reza, you know, the, the, the Americans against the Iranians. So I asked Ali Reza, who has been a friend of mine for 12, 15 years, and you should know I am very active with this group, MEK, and Madam Rajavi, who wrote the article in the, uh, in the Post, which I highly recommend, is an extraordinary woman. She could be one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met. And we can go into great detail about her. And I do believe that there's going to come a point, I don't know when, when she will be heading an interim government moving Iran from the regime of terror to the democracy that it wants to be. This is not, this is not uh, the other, this is not uh, these other uh, countries, you know, that really didn't have a, uh, a basis to make a change. And they went from bad to worse or bad to not too much better. Right now, there is a very well thought out government in exile that could take over, and it is committed to being a government in exile, meaning they're only going to function for nine months. These are highly committed people, people who have lost children, brothers, uncles, fathers. When you go to their events, they always be, and their events are beautiful, their events always begin with remembering the martyrs, the people who died, and uh, their dedication to the basic principles of a humane, decent society, which we have gotten away from, is amazing. Their their uh, success in Iran, reestablishing the basic principles of natural law or of the, the law of the law based on the rights that God gave you would be a real, real good uh, prima for, for the U.S. In other words, a reminder of the things we're not teaching our young people. Uh, this is a movement that is extraordinary. You've got to get it to know it better. For reasons you obviously know by now, it's censored in America. Because it's too pro-American and too anti-communist. This is Rudy Giuliani. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless America! The mayor!